uh, we're going to talk about this morning uh, a character in the old in the old Bible. In the Old Testament, hey, I'm not perfect, okay? Uh, a, a character in the Old Testament that was on a journey with God. This journey, like, like most characters in the Bible and most stories of the Bible, is a journey of faith. And we're, too, on the same journey of faith. When we come to know Jesus as our Savior, the story begins. Every story has a beginning. Our stories may look different along the way. We will all experience different hardships and our and unique circumstances as we follow the Lord. But we all share the same type of faith as the man that we are going to look at this morning. Genesis chapter 12 is where we'll be starting. Every road has a starting place. Each story of faith in this room right now has a starting place. The moment where you said yes to Jesus. The moment where you knew that Jesus died on the the cross for your sins. And he gave his life for you. And in that moment when you had a response, you said yes. And you started that journey of faith. The road started. The promise of the gospel. That anyone says yes to Jesus. For salvation will inherit eternal life. The journey we're going to look at this morning started with a promise also. A promise that would go from generation to generation until the end of time. We are living in this promise currently. In Genesis 12 verse 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. To a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we come to you now just asking for you to to move amongst us. We ask for you to speak to us. Lord, we ask for obedient spirits. God, I pray that each person in this room would know you. And if they don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would come to know you soon. God, we thank you for the gift of salvation that we have in you. And we thank you for Abraham. Lord, in his faithful obedience, we ask this in your name. Amen. And so the Lord chose a man named Abram, which we know this man is Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, and I am one of them. I'm I'm going to sing this by myself. Okay, I get this. Uh, Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them. And so are you. All right, we're going to stop it right there. Okay, Uh, praise the Lord. We We can get that part. Father Abraham had many sons, right? We teach that to our kids at a young age. Father Abraham, the father of our faith, had many sons, and I am one of them, and so are you. We share this same type of faith. A man named Abram, that God said, hey, get out, go. The Lord chose this man. Scripture tells us that the descendants of Abraham would be a numerous as, a, as numerous as the dust of the earth. As much as the stars in the sky. And the grains of the sand of the seashore. I am one of them and so are you. 
You can go out into a night sky and just look up and see all the stars and just remember how God took Abraham and said, Hey, look up. Look at the stars. Look at the sands of the seashore. Look at the dust of the earth. A great promise by God to a man that we pulled out of paganism and unrighteousness. Joshua 24.2 tells us, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, and the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in the old times, and they served other gods. They served other little g-gods, which we know there's only one true God. And so this was uh, Abraham's father. And so God took this man that out of nothing, and he brought him into something. He took him out of, out of paganism and out of, out of unrighteousness and out of a generational uh, serving uh, little g-god. And he took him and he brought him out of that place to a new way, to a covenant. That he would make for him a promise. Genesis 15. Tells us that Abraham even questioned God. About this promise. God promised Abraham. I'm going to make your descendants many. But in Abraham Abraham 15. I told you I'm not perfect. In Genesis 15. We see after these things. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Saying do not be afraid Abram. I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And the heir of my house is Elizar of Damascus. Then Abram said, look. I'm sorry. Then, then Abram said, look. Uh, and so I want you to underline that if you underline your Bibles. Underline that look. Abram said, look. Have you ever been there? You've given me no offspring. Indeed, one Born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, underline again, Look, now toward heaven, and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it, accounted it to him for righteousness. We see the frustration of Abraham in this moment. God, you haven't given me any offspring. I know what you promised me, but it hasn't happened yet. This is a question of Abraham. Abraham in this moment is questioning God. He, it, it, it's okay what Abraham was doing. Abraham had a, a legitimate question. He said, God, I know what you said you were going to do, but it just hasn't happened yet. It's just not here. How often we point out that God hasn't done something yet when we can't see that he's in the midst of fulfilling it. We like to point at God and say, God, you hadn't did it yet. But we don't see what God's doing. We don't see that God's working. We don't see that it's not time yet. We, we want it now. Abraham, if it was up to him, he would have been a young guy and he would have had kids. He probably would have had uh, many kids as long as he could. But God made him wait. God made him wait. He says, look, God, Father, you haven't given me an heir. And this old guy right here, he's going to be my heir. And God said, no. That's not how it's going to happen. Go outside 
and pick your head up and look. And I think in that moment, it was like, look who I am. I promised you something, and I'm going to make it happen. And then Romans 4.13 is where we see, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And that goes back to that verse there in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. That Abraham was justified by faith. It was Abraham's faith in God that, that allowed him to be justified in the same way that we are justified. When we come to know Jesus, we say yes to that offering. And in that moment, we are justified and redeemed. Abraham and Sarah finally received this child that they had been waiting for. The child that God had promised all those years ago. It happened. You know, all of a sudden, Abraham's, or Abraham's wife, Sarah, you know, she's starting to have a baby. Her belly's getting bigger. And Abraham, you know, I can just see him, you know, come on, come on, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then it finally happens. And they held that baby in their arms. The promise was conceived. And I think about just when, when uh, Mary and Joseph held baby Jesus in their arms, and the promise was conceived. Abraham finally was able to hold the heir, the, gen, the heir that would be the generation, move generations on and on and on. It was in, he was in Abraham's arms. Our main text today will be in Genesis chapter 22. So that was just the getting you... We were on the front porch, and now we're going to go inside. You have to cover that. The, the, the beginning is just as important as the end. The beginning of Abraham's call is, is just as important. And so we're going to look at three things today if you're a note taker. We're going to look at the, the test, or rather the obstacle. We're going to look at the obedience. And then we're also going to look at the outcome. The obstacle, the obedience, and the outcome. Genesis 22, verse 1 through 2, shows us the obstacle or the test. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham! And he said, here I am. Again, if, you're a, if you like to underline and write in your Bible, maybe underline that, that phrase right there. Here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. And so uh, we all face tests and obstacles in our lives. Now, I don't want you to get confused, a temptation and a test, because they are two different things. But as we live this life, and as you follow Christ, you are going to face, face some tests in your life. We know from the book of James that God does not tempt. But James also tells us that we should count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith Abraham's faith was about to be tested greater than ever before, ever before. And so this wasn't just a simple test like an obstacle. This was something great. This was something 
that will require much of Abraham. It was a test that would be hard. It was a test that would cost him much. And maybe we've never been through that type of test where, uh, which I'm going to say we haven't, <laughs> where God says, hey, offer up your son. That's, we're not going to go through that type of test. But we're going to go through tests in this life. We're going to go through uh, seasons and maybe uh, days and maybe hardships or maybe death and maybe divorce and maybe addictions and maybe struggles. We're going to go through things that don't necessarily maybe come from God but are just a result of us living. And we're faced with a choice to walk by faith and obey or to not. But this test that Abraham was dealing with was a test that came directly from God. And there was a purpose to the test. This was to refine Abraham. It was to see where Abraham's heart was. It was to prove to Abraham who God was. In this moment of Abraham's journey, his journey with God, his faith, was about to be greatly tested. This test that, that, Jesus, that God presents to Abraham was a command. It was imperative to God that Abraham obey what he was going to tell him to do. He says, Abraham, and what does Abraham say? He says, here I am. Here I am. Abraham in this moment didn't know what God was going to do. Abraham in this moment didn't know what God was about to say. Abraham in this moment didn't know if it was me. I would be like, if I knew what was coming, God, I don't hear you. Was that you, God? You know, you want me to do you know, what? I didn't hear you. I, that must have been something else. And so Abraham in this moment, he said, here I am. It's a powerful statement. He says, here I am. He's at God's beck and call. God, what do you want me to do? Here I am. Abraham wasn't ready for what came next. Well, we'll look that he was ready. But he probably didn't think that this is what God was going to do. Abraham didn't get to this moment of being bold and yet submissive. Bold in his here I am, but yet submissive, submissive as in I'm your servant. He didn't get to this moment out of nowhere. He didn't get to this, this here I am moment just out of the blue. Many times in our lives we want the here I am moments without the here I am obedience. We want the here I am moments without the obstacles. We want the easy path. We, want, we don't want the, the hurdles that we have to jump over. If you've ever watched those track runners and they jump and they jump and they jump. The, our lives sometimes can be that way. And so uh, Abraham didn't maybe want that. But he had been walking in those hurdles or he had been jumping those hurdles from day one. Haven't you been jumping hurdles since day one? In your life, in your walk with Jesus, it's not easy. It can be hard. We can struggle. We can doubt. Oh, we can be depressed. We can have anxiety. People can get divorced. Families can get separated. The loved one can go astray. 
And we cling to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm still trusting you. I'm still walking. But my faith, maybe in this moment, is little. So Abraham has this great here I am moment. Abraham left everything that he knew because God told him to do. Don't you know that it was most likely hard for Abraham? It was his whole family. It was all, the, all the, his neighbors and all the friends he grew up with and, and everyone. And he had to leave. He had to follow where God was leading him. And he didn't even know where that was. God just said, go. In Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now in my mind, I wonder if this was like, hey Abraham, you need to leave. Or if it was like, get out! Go! Don't come back! I think it was the latter. Get out of here. To the land that I will show you. And So this must have been a hard thing for Abraham to do. So I'll tell you what. We're all going to go out to lunch together after, after service. Uh, Brother Rich said, you know, we Baptists like to eat, right? And so we're all going to lunch. But I'm not going to tell you where it's at. And, but I'm going to tell you when you get there. Just meet me there, okay? And I'll be there. But I'll, you know, just meet me there. And I'll tell you when you get there. Yeah, uh, there's some people in the room that you have to have everything detailed. Like we, when you go on a trip, you're like, all right, we're going to stop to go to the bathroom here. You've got three minutes. Don't you be longer than three minutes. We're going to go stop here at this restaurant. You only got, we're getting 10 minutes and you're getting back in that van. You hear me? And then, you know, detailed, right? We want the details. Anybody? You can raise your hand. I'm not going to judge you, okay? You get husbands, quit pointing at your wives, right? No, nobody pointing. Nobody pointing. Some of us want the details, right? Isn't that the same thing maybe that we require of God? We want the details. We want to know how it's going to happen. God, I know you said it would happen, but let me know when. I know you want me to go somewhere. Let me know where it's at. I know you're calling me to something. Let me know what it is. And usually, sometimes, most likely, we won't get all the details. Abraham had to walk by faith. He had to trust who God was and that God was going to provide no matter what. God was saying, Abraham, go from this to this. Abraham knew what the this this was, but he didn't know fully what this was. He didn't know fully what God was calling him into. He didn't know fully uh, about the generations to come. He didn't know fully. He couldn't see the big picture. He didn't have all the details. I can say for those in the room who are maybe struggling with where you're at right now, it's okay to not know all the details. It's okay. Because we know that God does. So this test was for Abraham. You know, if he wouldn't have went. I'm good, God. You know, we got a Burger King right down the road. It's okay. He wouldn't have said that. <laughs> we got a golf course right there. You know, I play golf every Wednesday. And, you know, I got my buddies here. And, you know, I 
go to the diner down there and get a good milkshake. Abraham wouldn't have said any of those things, okay? But we get comfortable. And Abraham could have been comfortable. You know, maybe he was in that moment where he was like, man, life's good right now. You know, I, I don't have a kid, but, you know, life's good. We're comfortable. But if he would have stayed there after God told him to go, it would have been, it would have been disobeying. He would have been disobeying God. We aren't always provided these details. We aren't always provided on how it'll work out and what that'll look like. But God calls us to walk by faith, and we should let our footsteps be a result of our faith. As you're going, let your footsteps be a result of your faith. I'm just going to stand here, and I'm going to let God tell me to go somewhere. God wants us all to go out and go, for, go there for and make disciples of all nations. But we're just going to stand here. No. Go as you're going. Let your footsteps be the result of your faith. Can you imagine Abraham waiting 25 years for his son Isaac to be born? God promised him something and 25 years later around it about he had to trust that God was going to fulfill every promise that he made to him. Even when it didn't make sense. And yet he still was obedient. He still listened. He still obeyed. There were some hiccups along the way. We don't have time to cover all that this morning. Where Abraham got it wrong a few times. Hey, it's okay if you get it wrong a few times. It's okay if you choose the wrong path. But what matters is when you know that, hey, this is what I should be doing, you turn to God. Abraham had to be corrected along the way. So this son is born. You know, many times in our walk with, of faith, we want the mountaintop experience without the day-to-day obedience. We want the promises without the participation. We want the easy without the hardships. We want the results without the test. I never once in high school or college or seminary went to my teacher before taking a test and said, hey, I want my results. I want the results of my test. And the teacher says, no, you didn't take the test yet. Never one time. You teenagers that are still in school or college students, go to your teacher, your professor, for a test that you're about to take and say, hey, I want the results. Teacher will say, we haven't taken the test yet. Many times in our lives, we want that mountaintop spiritual experience without the day-to-day obedience. And maybe it's in a valley. We want, we want to be on the mountaintop, and, but we're, maybe we're in the valley. Just being obedient. It's okay. Because God is working. And you should be moving. Next, Genesis chapter 22, verse 3 through 10. We see Abraham's obedience. In verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Abraham obeyed God uh, just in this moment. As he did when God said, hey, leave your country. 
But this request from God for Abraham would cost him so much more. Abraham had to sacrifice the life that he knew before. He had to sacrifice all his friends and all his family and, and everything he was comfortable with. But this sacrifice that God was requiring of him would, would cost him so much more because within this sacrifice was the promise of God. You know, maybe Abraham was ready to get out of that place. You know, maybe when God said, hey, go, and he was like, okay, I'm ready. You know, I've been waiting. <laughs> Uh, you know, my family's getting, I, I can't do family and all these old friends and I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. Maybe that was him. Maybe he was ready. Maybe he wasn't. But God was requiring him to sacrifice his only son in which he loved. Abraham's obedience was uh, truly a sacrificial obedience. For Abraham, this was going to cost him everything. This wasn't a pigeon or a lamb. Uh, this was his son. This was a son in which he loved. The first time that love is mentioned in Scripture. This is the son that, that he cherished, that he held on to. This was the boy that God had promised him. We see the urgency here in Abraham's obedience in verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Abraham didn't wait around. He didn't tarry around and, and, and question maybe, God, are you sure? Is that what you want me to do? Are you sure? He didn't do that. He got up early the next morning and he started getting ready. He started doing exactly what God had told him to do. And Abraham chose to prepare for it. Abraham had a, uh, he prepared for obedience. He saddled his donkey, took two of his young men, he split the firewood. So I, I'm, I'm imagining Abraham being like a manly man. You know, he's, he's out there splitting wood early in the morning. He had the fire, he had the knife, and he also brought Isaac around. God told him to. This was premeditated obedience. You almost thought I said premeditated murder, didn't you? It was premeditated obedience. Abraham planned for obedience. He got everything that he needed to perform what God was going to require of him. If it were me, I probably would have left like the lighter at home. I, would have, I probably would have left the boy at home, to be honest. Uh, just would have slipped my mind, right? Just me, okay, I get it. Abraham, he didn't forget anything. He got everything that he needed for, to prepare for the journey. And, you know, he got the donkeys, and I'm sure they had everything loaded on the donkeys. And he brought two of his young boys with him, his servants, so they could uh, you know, probably help load some stuff along the way. Maybe set up camp. And he also brought Isaac with him. You know, if, God were, uh, to, if this were me and God were required of me, I'd probably leave my boys home. Uh, but this wasn't Abraham's faith. Abraham's faith where he, he knew that, that he could take all these things that God was going to make away. What would our lives resemble if we prepared for obedience? What would your calling in life, no matter what it is, whether you're a mama or a teacher or a daddy or a grandpa or whatever you are in Christ, what would your calling look like if you prepared for obedience? 
for you grandparents in the room, maybe it's, I have grandchildren. And I want my grandchildren to come to know the Lord. And so I'm going to prepare for obedience so I can tell them and help nourish them in the Lord. Prepared for obedience. You teachers in the room, you're going through things and seeing stuff every day that is horrible. Kids from all walks of life. But yet you can prepare for obedience. Get everything that you need to share the gospel. And that goes for all of us. We all have certain things that that we're, we're living in. Certain workplaces that we're in. Well, you're called to obedience in that place. You're called to obedience here in this, in this body. And you can prepare for obedience. Whether that's coming to Sunday school and learning all that you can learn. Or teaching. Or just loving on somebody. Or helping out. Or doing whatever. You can prepare for that. Prepare, prepare for that obedience. Have a willing heart. Abraham didn't know the end result when he was going to take his boy up that mountain. But he sure prepared for it. He prepared for what was to come. And in Genesis chapter 22, verse 4 through 8, it says, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship I like that word, yonder. We're going to go yonder over there. We're going to go worship. And we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. And he said, my father. And Abraham said, here I am. If you underline, underline that. Here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself. Not for me, not for you. God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Abraham's faith was in God so much that he knew that God would provide for him himself an offering. He would provide for himself an offering. Abraham trusted God. Uh, it says they came to this place in which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar in verse 9 and 10. There and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. It was in this moment that Abraham was ready to fully sacrifice his son because God told him to. His feet were moving. He wasn't stagnant. In this moment, I don't think he was doubting at all. He knew that God was able. The writer of Hebrews tells us, that Abraham considered that God was able to raise people even from the dead. Abraham trusted God to raise people from the dead. And that people, that whoever it was, that was his son. 
That son had a name. His name was Isaac. Those people, you know, it, was, it was specific here. It was his son. But Abraham still trusted that God could do it. And we finally see the outcome of faithful obedience. And so we have the, the obstacles or the test for Abraham. And then we have the obedience. And then we see the outcome. Genesis 22, 11 through 14. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Not once, but twice. Abraham! Abraham! Now, I, I, we, we all picture this like where Abraham's, you know, he's got the knife up. And so, Abraham, Abraham, and you know, maybe he dropped the knife. I don't know. He didn't do that. I think he just put it down and he listened. He listened. He said, here I am. Underline that. Here I am. And the angel said, do not let your hand, uh, sorry, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes. Underline that if you, if you underline. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went out and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. The beginning is just as important as the end. The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Abraham passed the test. He had the results now. He had went through this, this, this trial and, and he had excelled. He had did exactly what God had called him to do. Uh, his faith had been tested. Uh, a lot of old preachers, I, I want to say Adrian Rogers said it, but I think it just goes on before then. Uh, if you want to live by faith, then expect your faith to be tested because a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. Abraham's faith was tested. It was refined. Abraham in this moment was fully trusting on God to do what he said he was going to do. You remember when Abraham questioned God because he didn't have a son yet? Earlier we, we, we went through that scripture. And the God said, look towards the heavens. And Abraham lifted his eyes, lifted his eyes, and there was a ram caught in the thicket. And you can actually look from Genesis chapter 22 to Genesis, uh, sorry, Genesis chapter 12 to Genesis chapter 22, the times that Abraham had to look his head up. When God says, hey, Abraham, look up, there's the lad. <laughs> How many times do we walk through our life? Like this right here. If our uh, piano player would come up. We walk through life with our head down. You know, we're just kind of going through the motions. 
And so Abraham is in this moment of obedience and he's ready to sacrifice his son. And, and Abraham, Abraham, don't do it. And he looked up and he saw the ram that was caught in the thicket. God had provided. Abraham had this great here I am moment with God. We see it from the beginning. God said, go. And Abraham said, here I am. And then we see Abraham walking up the, the mountain with his son. And his son turns to his daddy and says, daddy. Father. And his son says, here I am. I know that hurt Abraham. He had to, uh, which the boy was way ahead of him, most likely. And so Abraham said, here I am, my son. And then Abraham gets on top of the mountain. And he's built this altar. And he's made sure that everything's in place. And he's done his very best to honor God. He set all the rocks in place. And he had cut that firewood. He knew each piece. And he had the fire. And he had his son. And his son was laid over the offering. And he was ready. And in that moment, God said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham looked up his eyes. And it was if God said, here I am. The great I am. God, God uh, intervened. God made a way. God allowed this ram to be caught in the thicket. God was saying, here I am, Abraham. I am the God who provides. I am the God that you can trust in. I am the God that you can lean on. I am Jehovah God. Here I am. And for us, what does that look like? What does it look like for God to say, here I am for us? <laughs> Salvation. Jesus spread his arms on the cross and there was a nail that went in each side. He said, here I am. The Messiah, the lamb that was slain, here I am. And we have a choice to make. Every person in this room, every, everybody that's ever lived will have a choice to make. A choice to respond to the gospel invitation, the open arms of Jesus. With here I am. Saying yes to the gospel. Here I am. God, use me. And then for those of us who have said yes to Jesus, and we said here I am, at some time in your life, you've made a decision to follow Jesus. You've said yes to Jesus along the way, along your journey. Sometimes in life, maybe we struggle. Maybe we go through seasons of, of hardships and maybe we go through seasons of depression and, and whatever it is, divorce and, and uh, just struggles that we maybe as a collective can't even imagine that you're going through. But God still says, here I am. He says, here I am through his word. He says, here I am through his church. Here I am. If you're looking for a place, here I am. He's amongst us. He's in us. So just for a moment, 
I would like to offer you to say yes to Jesus. He said yes to you when he died on that cross and when he came down here even before then and when he rose out of that grave, he said yes to you. And you have a choice to say yes to him. Lord, I know that I've messed up. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I am lost without you. But in you, I become set free. In you, I become whole. Here I am.